This is the Full Frontal Living Podcast. I'm your host, master coach, and emotional resiliency expert, Lisa Carpenter. I'm here to be your guide through real, raw conversations, navigating life as a high achiever. This show covers what it takes to create physical and emotional well-being, along with how to honor and partner with your body. I'm here to guide you to a connected relationship with yourself, turning self-care into a way of being and not just another task on your to-do list. After all, the things we love, we take care of. This podcast gives you permission to love what you do, but love yourself more. Welcome to the Full Frontal Living Podcast. All right, good morning. Well, it might be afternoon or evening, wherever you are listening, but thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Full Frontal Living Podcast. I'm super excited because I've been doing a lot of interviews with current clients, previous clients, uh, just to share their lessons. Because as much as I love coming on here and you know talking about my stuff and my perspective, I always think it's so powerful when I get to share the stories of other women who are doing amazing things in the world and how doing this inside out work has really transformed their lives and their businesses and allowed them to go on to, to step into even greater things. And today I am here with my previous client, Gabrielle. I'm so excited to have you here. I'm probably going to call you Gabby because I think I started calling you. That's what I get to call you. Um, and we have such an interesting story of how we met and how our coaching relationship moved forward. And now she's got a book coming out and just doing such amazing things in the world. So I want to give her an opportunity to introduce herself to you and tell Gabby, first of all, thank you for being here. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. I'm so used to being like the solo show. I'm still learning how to do interviews properly. So thank you for being here. And I would love for you to introduce yourself to my audience, let them know who you are, how you help people. And then we'll just kind of dive in, have a conversation. And it's like everybody gets to eavesdrop on our conversation. <laughs> Sounds fantastic. Um, yeah. So my name is Gabrielle Chip here. I'm an online tech and growth specialist who primarily helps coaches and consultants get their message out into the world and reach more people. I'm really the implementer behind the scenes and I deal with all the fiddly little tech things that throw people for loops and get them stuck and not moving forward and reaching people with their message and their gift and their programs. So I kind of am a little bit of a grease in the business wheels, so to speak. And I've been doing that for about nine years, almost 10 years now. Um, I started my business back in the day, I had been working as a graphic and web designer for years and years. And when I was 24, I was headhunted by Shell Canada and just kind of scooped up and brought into this big corporate environment. And they taught me all about online education and trained me to be an instructional designer. And after that contract ended, I decided that I was going to stay at home. And since I conveniently had a registered company from being a contractor working with them. I had a, kind of a business already there. So I had my first son and started working from home and quickly realized that I was in way over my head. 
I had no idea what I was doing in terms of running a business and even running a like a freelance enterprise or any of the entrepreneur type things because honestly I never ever wanted to be an entrepreneur growing up it was never ever one of the boxes on my to-do list of life and so having this business just kind of thrust upon me and having to figure it all out myself was a little bit overwhelming and then combined with you know staying at home with my kids and wanting to raise them and all that so it was super overwhelming and I made heck tons of mistakes over and over and over again and it was about I'd say six years of just spinning my wheels and stagnating and not really making any movement one way or another. And it was super frustrating. And then I kind of had like a big wake up moment where I realized that I'd literally done not much in that past six years. There was so many goals I hadn't achieved, so many items on the bucket list I hadn't crossed off. And there was one time I opened up a journal and I had done like the, you know, yearly goal setting exercise, right? And, you know, I'm creative. So it was all done up in pretty pens and all, all painted and all my goals were all laid out. And then I grabbed another notebook and another notebook. And I realized that for the past six years, I had literally created the exact same goals. And for those six years, I did not hit them. Like not even close. Like, it was kind of depressing reading through it. So at that point, I realized I had to do something different. I needed to take action or I needed to learn something. I needed to do something. So I started doing. <laughs> and I know that you're, you're laughing, right? And uh, actually, this brought me to an event in San Diego called the 90 Day Year. And it was all about, you know, business operations and how to have a uh, grown up business, essentially, is how I how I always term it but that's where I met you and you opened my eyes to maybe it wasn't so much doing and learning and needing more information that there were other changes that I needed to make and so I started working with you and applying some of these business ideas and business info and advice through a different kind of lens and I started seeing really, really big changes, both in my personal life and in my business. And the last three years have just been, it's been like complete night and day from what it was before. And now I'm at the point where I've kind of figured out a few things because a lot of the business advice we hear online doesn't really apply to service providers or it needs to be tweaked and adjusted a little bit. When you're kind of doing the work and running the business, and you don't really have any uh, grand aspirations to become a multi-corporation, a lot of that advice doesn't really work for us. So I've filtered all that out and have kind of created some more practical steps for someone in a position like me who just wants to run a creative business, you know, just doing the work and working with cool clients and having fun projects and having a really solid life that they can enjoy because that's that's really what it comes down to right like we, we build these and i know this applies to me as well right we start our businesses because we want to create better lives for ourselves and then we create these like jobs and we're doing all the things and i like you had the journals every year with like i was moving but i wasn't moving and uh 
this is, this is the thing that so many people don't understand is that you can do all the doing you want, but if there's other things in the way, it doesn't matter what you do, you don't really make a move forward. So yeah, when we met that uh, 90 day year event, which I'm not even a part of 90 day year, although I do adore Todd Herman, fellow Canadian, we're all Canadians today. <laughs> and it's actually Thanksgiving. We're recording this on Thanksgiving. Um, it was just, it was kind of one of those events that I went to cause I like, I wanted to be around people in real life. And then we just happened, I think we shared an Uber together. That's how we met. No, we met uh, in the airport, hopping on the plane there, because you had put a post in the group that said, hey, I'm Lisa, I'm waiting for my flight in Vancouver. And I said, what? I'm in Vancouver. And I looked around and I saw you sitting and I said, hey, <laughs> I can start oh, my new friends right now. Right. And you just, you never know when somebody's going to come into your life that's going to have an impact. And then we connected afterwards and uh, you decided to start doing this work. And really what it came down to was you, like most of my clients and like most of my listeners, were really trying to live from the neck up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Not really wanting to hold, do this whole feel your feelings, um, get in tune with what was really going on with you. So do you want to share a little bit about what that process was like for you, where you were when we started working together? Mm. Well, at that point, I was just kind of stuck in an endless cycle of I need to learn more or I need to work harder or there's something that I'm not doing that I'm missing out on or like I'm, I'm just missing this key key thing and I couldn't figure out. And me being a very, yes, in my head, a doer, an implementer, um, it just came down to me thinking that I was lacking some sort of knowledge or some sort of you know, maybe a course or maybe something or, you know, and I was just on this constant cycle of trying to find out what that was. And when none of that really worked, at that point, I realized that I needed help from someone who wasn't me. <laughs> because I've been trying to do it all myself for so many years. I just figured I could just do it myself. I could figure it out. Um, you know, I'm smart. I can, you know, make my way around the internet pretty easily <laughs> and it turned out that once I started reaching out to other people and working with either mentors or coaches or having one-on-one -on -one relationships with other people that was the biggest change that I had in my business for sure because it really got me out of my own head and allowed other people to have their own perspectives on what I was thinking and kind of broke me out of a lot of the old patterns that I've been doing for the past six years. Cause those obviously weren't working. Yeah. Weren't working. And what, you know, what I hear you saying in this is so um, common in the women that I work with is this self-sufficiency, right? Like we know we can figure it out. We want to figure it out. Asking for help feels like pathetic because we should have figured it out by now, right? So now we're like in judgment, beating ourselves up because why haven't we figured it out? But it truly is in learning to reach out, ask for help, get other perspectives. That's when we start to learn the things about ourselves that we've been unable to see. And this is what so many people don't understand is having, you know, a coach or a mentor, or somebody in your back pocket, it it's like a fast track in terms of getting to the things 
about yourself that you don't know about yourself. So I talk about them in terms of like windows. So we have our completely blind window. We don't know what we don't know about ourselves and nobody else knows about it, knows about this either. These are the things that are, you know, really buried. And then we have this window where I can see things about you, but you can't see those things about you. We also have a window where there's things you know about yourself, but other people don't know about yourself. Mm -hmm. Right. And then we have the window where it's, you know, your kids, your color of your hair, you know, where you live, those things are common knowledge. And coaches and mentors really help you find, go into that window of the things that you don't know about yourself and say, hey, do you want to look at this? This might be a thing that you want to address. So do you want to talk about some of the things that you learned about yourself through the process of this work that were holding you back? And we'll, we'll see if you miss anything that I remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, the biggest thing was, I mean, the biggest thing was boundaries for me. That was so, I mean, and it's so, it's such a simple concept. And especially for anybody who's in the coaching world, like that's, it's like coaching 101, right? (laughs) Is boundaries. But when you're a service provider and like you're working with clients and you're doing the work and a big thing with service providers is that we really have this thing about our reputation. It's our most valuable thing for us and having someone uh, or having any sort of threat to it is really one of our most uncomfortable things that we can even think of and so boundaries really plays in with that because being able to serve someone all the time all day every day through every channel is for us directly tied into our reputation because what if a client you know has an issue and can't reach us or what if uh you know someone doesn't like what we do or how we run our business then you know that could directly affect our reputation but it's really a boundaries issue because mm-hmm. you know i had to really draw strong boundaries around like how my clients can contact me you know what i'm allowing myself to do on a day-to-day basis that's over and above that you know maybe i, sh- I shouldn't be overextending myself and you know, what sort of boundaries do I have around payments and accepting new clients and what clients will I work with and will I not work with? And going through those, that process of setting up all those different boundaries around my life and my work. And it's, and even working from home with my family, right? Having boundaries around where my work ends and where my kids begin and, you know, where my partner begins and, just putting those in place and dealing with those on a day-to-day basis has been probably the biggest, biggest part of the work for sure. Yeah. Cause everything was getting mangled together. And there was this belief that if you weren't there for your clients all the time, that, you know, you wouldn't have any clients and, and that comes from a place of fear. But the problem is we teach people how to treat us. So if we have no boundaries, if our clients can literally reach in and touch us whenever they want, um, it can very quickly become an unhealthy relationship. And we typically, when we're working from this place of not having any boundaries, we don't attract people who respect boundaries either. So we end up with like crappy clients because they don't have any boundaries. So if we don't have any boundaries, we're attracting people who don't have boundaries. 
And uh, it just, it gets exhausting. And that's what was happening for you. You were overworking, you were overdoing. You know, if somebody said jump, you asked how high and how many times you wanted, you know, how many times you could jump for them. Um, and it was really taking an impact on you loving your work. Like you weren't loving your work because you wanted to strangle all your clients. Oh, absolutely. Like I went through a period where I, and this has happened many times over the last 10 years where I was like, I'm just going to close up shop. I'm going to go find an agency job where I can leave at five o'clock and then I can be done because that was more appealing to me than, but it, again, it came down to boundaries, right? Because when you're in a nine to five job, there's a very neat, nice, neat little container around your work and your life, right? Mm -hmm. it's very, very convenient. But when you're working from home or you're running your own business, we have to make those containers. That's exactly correct. So in setting boundaries, what did you learn about yourself? Because learning how to set boundaries is one thing, but it's, you know, we had to dive into why you struggled to set boundaries in the first place. So what did you learn about yourself in the process of learning about boundaries and that it was okay to set them? Well, the biggest thing was just my people pleasing nature. And I mean, that comes from some childhood uh, situations and just the way that I grew up with my family. I always wanted to be liked, always wanted to be um, thought of, and you know, I always wanted to make the people in my life happy. So that totally bled into my professional relationships because I would do anything to be liked. And that really came down to that boundary issue where, you know, what if they don't like me if I don't respond to this email in 10 minutes? What if they don't like me if they're not allowed to reach me via messenger? Um, and that was a big, big thing. And working on, you know, the chance that someone immediately stops liking me because they don't hear from me for 24 hours is pretty slim. Exactly. And the truth is, you know, when we don't have any boundaries and we're worrying about other people liking us, we're actually showing ourselves that we don't have a lot of love and respect for ourselves, right? Like we're, we're literally giving away our self-worth to other people. If I don't do X, Y, and Z, they, may not, they might not like me. But in the relationship with yourself, right, when, you're, when you don't have any boundaries, you're not taking care of yourself, which shows a lack of respect for self, which was a, you know, which was a big thing to dive into is, are you willing to care more about how you think and feel about yourself at the end of the day than how anybody else will think. And even if somebody lets you go, what are you making that mean about you? Oh my gosh, that phrase goes through my head so often. <laughs> what? And, and I hear it in your voice. What are you making this mean? Because that is a huge one, especially when it comes to client relationships especially when it comes to getting an email and you're reading in between the lines or you're uh, coming up with some backstory as to why they're sending it or whatever, that act of making it mean something that most likely is not true has been a huge game changer for me in the last year or so. And I literally hear it in your voice. What are you I making this that. mean, Gabby? <laughs> That is such a powerful question because when you can sit back, you can realize that there's a gazillion stories you could wrap around it. 
but so often as humans, we default into the story that makes us feel crappy about ourselves mm-hmm. instead of looking for another perspective that has nothing to do about us. Yeah. And 99.9% of the time, it's the one that has nothing to do with us. Right. It's that whole, you know, don't make it mean something about you. You don't have to make it mean something about you. But when we've struggled with boundaries, when we struggle with, you know, self-worth, when we struggle about being liked and being a people pleaser and perfectionism, we always make it about us because that's the only way we've learned how to operate. And then when we make it about us, we look at, well, what else do I need to change about myself? Instead of putting it back on them and saying, this is not a me problem, this is a you problem, Mm -hmm. right? It's really powerful when you can shift that. So setting boundaries has really transformed your business because I know now you are working with phenomenal clients that you love, that you've stepped away from things that were no longer in alignment with your values. And, you know, having known you for a long time, I know that would have been really challenging for you to do in the past. You would have just stayed in the crappy relationship because you'd be afraid to leave or, you know, what does this mean? Or maybe I can fix this or I'll just work harder for you. Exactly. Yeah. And I can fix this was probably my MO for years and years. If I just do this, I'm sure I can fix it. Like that was. You were literally, yeah, hands on, like all hands on deck all the time. I'm just going to fix this. And, and it wasn't just fixing what was wrong. You were constantly looking to fix things that weren't broken either, which brings me to kind of this like control and perfectionism you would get so caught up in the details of design because that's your wheelhouse, Mm -hmm. right? You want everything to be perfect and just so, but you could go into this place of like branding and rebranding and we need to rebrand again and we need to clean this up again. And it was like, Gabby, that doesn't make a difference as people, people are not hiring you for this, but we had to really pull you out of that you know, perfectionism and get you into motion uh, because that was a lot of what was slowing you down. It was right. And I was looking at all of these things as they were essentially just ways of distracting myself from the things that I really needed to focus on. Right. So now with coming out with this new book and all of these other kind of things that I'm working on, it's been really hard because it's funny because yes, I am right now rebranding again. Oh my gosh. (laughs) But this time is hilarious because it's, um, it's not for the sake of rebranding. It has a specific purpose. It's getting done super fast and super easy. I'm not tweaking it to, you know, the nth degree to be perfect, but it's more of, it's aligned with my values and it's aligned with my strategy moving forward, not just a rebrand for the sake of rebrand, because, you know, I want to, I feel like a different shade of purple is going to attract more clients or something like that. And I think this is something that so many of us need to hear, you know, when we talk about being busy in the doing work, we can so justify why we need to do these things like rebrand or we need a new this or we, sh- we need to go into this course or whatever. And it is just a distraction because quite often those things aren't going to move the needle in your life or your business. And you have to get really, really intentional about what are the important things here. Mm-hmm. Because if you're not moving forward, 
it doesn't matter how much doing you're doing, it's, it's not going to move you forward. Yeah. It's just mindless busy work is what it is. Yeah. Which you are amazing at. (laughs) And, (laughs) and because you had so many clients constantly throwing things at you that just added to the chaos. So it was, you know, I remember talking to you about, you know, if you're, if you're going to pick up something, like how many plates do you want to spin here? Because at some point you have to start putting things down. So if you're going to say yes to this, what are you saying no to? Mm-hmm. Right. And quite often it was, you're saying no to yourself. How much longer are you going to tolerate saying no to yourself? What is it that you want for yourself? Because you did want to be able to spend more time with your family and actually be present. And you did have other things in your life that you wanted to take care of that required your attention. This is the thing we can't do 500 things. Super awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, and it really, when I started looking at it, it kind of came down to scheduling And I think, I mean, I was always a productivity junkie, you know, (laughs) how do I become more productive? How do I manage my time better? How do I, you know, get better at doing all of these things so that I don't have to stop doing them all just so that I can fit them in. Right. And instead I kind of flipped it around and realized that, okay, that's kind of my nature, right? I can't completely fight my nature, but what I can do is I can work with it to my advantage. So I broke everything down to a schedule and I started by first scheduling in the things that were most important. So things like, um, for me, it's creating every day. Like I love painting, I love drawing, I love crocheting, anything like that. And I think that's important to just pause there quickly because I remember this conversation about we have to get the creative creativity out of your business because you were literally trying to get your creativity all in your business instead of giving it its special pocket and place for just play and creativity that didn't have a purpose. It was just to make you happy. Yeah. Yeah. And that was a big one. So I sat down and identified those things that really made me happy and that I needed to have every single day. So there was my creative time. There was my family time where I wasn't like constantly hopping between phone and laptop Mm -hmm. and kids. Right. And then there was like my morning time where like meditating and doing a bit of journaling and just having like a bit of a pause before the day started, right? And these were the things that were super, super important to me, but always kind of got thrown on the wayside because they weren't in, like they didn't have a special container for them every day. And so I started with those things first and then I started scheduling other things in. I started scheduling client meetings in and I started scheduling client projects. So everything fit around those things that were already there. And then when I had that schedule created, it was so much easier to be able to look at that and say no to anything that either I didn't want to do or I didn't have time for or I knew wouldn't fit with you know, the schedule that I had coming up. And it made it, it took advantage of my, you know, my doing nature because I had irreprutable proof that I had absolutely no time for this. So the best decision was to say no, because it would be better for me and it would be better for them too, right? Because honestly, no client wants to be left on the wayside or have someone who's, oh, don't worry, I'll get back to you. It'll get done, you know, and it's dragging on and not having the attention and care that they deserve. And this really comes back to boundary setting as well. And you know, I'm a stickler for my schedule and for all my clients, really getting them grounded in what are your non-negotiables? What are your non-negotiables that you need to thrive in your life? Not even let, let's take the business out of it. Not everybody is 
uh, not everybody who's listening is an entrepreneur, but it's what do you need to thrive in your life? And are you giving those things priority? Are you truly making them non-negotiable? Or are you putting at the, them at the bottom of the pile? Because if you are, if you need things, and we all need play and creativity and rest, and um, if we're putting those things at the bottom of the pile, what we're really saying to ourselves is we go to the bottom of the pile, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. And we would never do that to our children, right? We're always making sure our children need, you know, they get what they need to thrive. So when you really take a step back and you say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to take an honest look at my life. I'm going to stop with the BS story that I have no time because we all, you know, we hear this all the time. We all have the same amount of time and some of us are juggling more things than others. So how do we make it work? We're not such magical unicorns. It's just the things that are the most important. They don't, we don't negotiate on them and everything else has to fit in. So even my schedule, I've got, I don't see clients before 11 typically because I want to go to the gym. I want to come home. I want to eat a leisurely breakfast, not shove food down my throat, which used to be my MO, hop on calls immediately. I'm going to get my family out the door. And then I want some quiet time before I have to jump into work to do whatever, right? And then I've got my work hours. And even my schedule, I work one week on and one week off because I realize for myself, and I think you know this as well, I'm not very good at multitasking and I don't want to. Like I get that a lot of women wear that as a badge of honor. For me, if I'm doing content creation or I'm doing podcast interviews or I'm, you know, podcast recordings, that's the only thing I want to do. I don't want to jump between going a deep dive with a client and then having to get into what am I going to write on Instagram? That just doesn't work for me. Mm-hmm. So I schedule one week on and one week off. One week is specifically for clients and the next week is just to work in my business. And I think this is an important part of what you were saying at the beginning around, we have to learn how to become CEOs and becoming CEOs of our life Mm -hmm. and our business. And this is part of it. Totally. And even like just becoming way more in tune to how you work and how your natural rhythms go. Because I remember for years and years, I would get so frustrated because I was reading all of these articles about how you had to time block, (laughs) spend focused, dedicated time, you know, like two hours on one thing and two hours on another thing. And I cannot work like that. Like I am, and I'm not so much a multitasker, but I need to be doing small bits of things in, in multiple areas. So I generally can't focus on one thing for more than half an hour before I'm jumping to the next. Mm. And I would constantly beat myself up because I would, you know, schedule, okay, on this project, I'm going to get three hours of work done on it. And at the end of the day, I would get so down on myself and so frustrated because it was like, well, no, you, you worked for 20 minutes and then you hopped over and did that thing. Or you, you hopped over here and did that thing. And then I realized that that's just the way I work. And I'm actually more productive when I let myself do that. And I have, you know, three or four or five things to do that day. And I just work a little bit at a time, you know, bouncing between them. And I actually get more done like that. I think it's so important what you just said, because with all the information out there, right, it can be like drinking from the fire hose. And we Mm -hmm. can really slip into as high achievers, right? We want to get it right. We want to, we want to create success. We want to do all the things we can get caught in the looking for the perfect system or solution for us. And the truth of the matter is there is no 
perfect way of doing anything. You have to find your way. So I'm a big journaler, but sometimes I'll go weeks where I don't go in my journal and I don't make it mean anything. And I used to believe like, well, I got to fill the whole page. No, there's no journal police coming. If I want to write three sentences, that's okay. Right. If I want to spend 20 minutes on this or an hour on this or block my whole day, it really is giving yourself permission to have what you want. And then always taking a step back and saying, okay, is this working for me or is it not working for me? And what do I need to change here? So keep going to find your way because your way is the best way. It's not Joe Schmo who wrote the book about how you can be most productive, like take what's useful, leave the rest and find your way. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and even when I was getting really serious about, you know, I laugh about, you know, putting on my big girl panties and running a business, right? But there were so many programs where I literally just took one small thing from and the rest just did not work for me. Did not work for my business type, did not work for what I was doing, did not work for what I thought was important. And I just had to be okay with not assigning you know, a right or wrong to the rest of what I was not taking out or what I was taking out. Yeah. And that was a big thing for you too, learning how to let go of judgment, like learning to move yourself out of judgment of, I, you know, you're getting it wrong or you could be doing better. And so many of us waste so much time in that place of self-judgment and we don't even realize how harshly we are judging ourselves. I'm curious, what are your top three values uh, the biggest thing is trust. That's one of my top values. Mm, this is hard because it's changed a lot in the last yeah. year. And this so is the thing values, changed. values can change, right? Like the priority of values can change. So there's nothing wrong with values changing. I'm just always curious to know what values people work from. And I love that you said trust because trust we can often think is about trusting other people, but, but it's trust. really trusting yourself. That's been the big one. And, and that was the thing I started off. I've always has trust as one of my big values, but it started off as people trusting me mm -hmm. and me being able to trust other people. That was one yeah. thing that was lacking and I really wanted in my life. And I realized that it was the word was right, but the meaning behind it was something different. And learning to trust myself was huge because I didn't trust myself. So I was always seeking the answers outside, always seeking the answers from some random person on the internet who wrote an article or some course or some book or, you know, something outside of myself and learning to trust what I knew and trust myself to be able to find the answers was a big, big one for sure. Right. And that's what's available when you start learning how to pay attention to what you're feeling and you can recognize how, how much you don't trust yourself. Like so many people don't understand that at the core of what's going on for them, other than, you know, self-worth and self-esteem. I think we all struggle with that. Even if people don't want to admit it to themselves, it's really at the bottom there of what's, what's happening. And then coupled with that is this lack of self-trust. Right. And when we're constantly seeking the next course, the next thing, the next, you know, raising your hand for everything, that's when we really go out of alignment. So I love that that is one of the places you're leading from, because I believe that when we lead from our values, we really can't go wrong. Absolutely. 
right? And you learned you can't get it right or wrong. No, yeah, because you're just always working at it. Just, you can't get it right or wrong. Like we so desperately want to, you know, tick the right box because then we'll have certainty, we'll get the results we want. But, you know, if we could go back in time, would you believe that you would be writing a book and having a book coming out? Never, actually. No. <laughs> never. Same with, you know, being an entrepreneur was never, ever on my list of right. things. Neither was becoming an author. But as soon as it came up, as soon as someone said, hey, you should write a book on this, it just like clicked. A little light bulb went on and said, yeah, <laughs> of course I should do this. And then as soon as I started writing, uh, it just came out of me in floodgates. And there were some times when I was like, I don't know if I could possibly write on this for, you know, 77,000 words. And then a hundred days later, I looked back and went, whoa. <laughs> I am so proud of you and so impressed that you did it because the Gabby that I first met, you really wouldn't have been able to write the book because you would have been so in your head about what will people think? Is it good enough? You probably would have spent years and years and years editing instead of just trusting what was coming through you. So I am super excited to, to have it come out. And you were, you reminded me before we hit record on this call about the sleep creep and leap, which is an analogy that I use with a lot of my clients, how, we go through these different seasons in our business, right? Like a vine where there's these dormant years where you think the damn thing is dead, <laughs> which I've actually caught my husband like pulling out plants. I'm like, it's not dead. It's a sleep year. Let it be. Um, we have to have those sleep years. Those sleep years aren't about sleeping. It's about going inside and doing that inner work so that we can come out, we can start, you know, dipping our toe and creeping forward. And then those creeps turn into amazing leaps. And that's just where I see you right now is doing all these amazing things and really grounded in your expertise and who you're here to serve and you're being unapologetic about it. And just, and it, it sounds to me from where I'm sitting that this feels a lot easier for you now. It was way easier. And I mean, don't get me wrong. I still have times where I'm like, oh, I don't know if people are going to like it. But the times that I catch myself, I'll catch myself way faster now. I mean, before I remember when we first started working with you, I would, I would go into spirals for days over, you know, one small thing and you'd have to pull me out of it. And now I can pull myself out of it right away. And that has been the biggest change because rather than having it screw up an entire week or an entire day or an entire couple of days, it'll, you know, put me off guard for five minutes or 10 and minutes. So. That is powerful. Like when you can catch those things and say, wait a minute, not today because we're human. Right. And yeah. as much as I would love to say, you do this, this inside out work and you're good. You're good. No, no, there's still stuff that's going to come up. <laughs> But the stronger the tools in your toolbox, the easier it becomes to manage. And, you know, initially there's, there could be a lot of heavy lifting if you're unpacking things like perfectionism and control and people pleasing and lack of boundary setting and approval seeking, like all these different things. There can be a lot, it, it can, it can feel very heavy and hard in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And I remember when we started working together, it, there was a lot of stuff that we were unpacking, but once you move all those heavy rocks the work 
forward becomes so much easier and you really identify that it's not really work. It's about creating the best possible relationship with you, which then extends to having an amazing relationship with your clients, your family, your friends, your colleagues, like everything just gets so much easier. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause once you move those heavy rocks, like you said, it's the rest is just landscaping. Oh, I love that. You make it, then you can start making it beautiful. Exactly. Oh, I'm just, I so, I was so excited to reconnect with you again. I love hearing about everything that you're doing in the world. I can't wait to get my hands on your book too. It's going to be so exciting. So tell everybody where they can go uh, to sign up to get the book for when it comes out. I'm assuming it's going to be released on Amazon. Yeah, it'll be on Amazon. So yeah, so the book comes out November 19th, 2019. And you can go to my website. Uh, it's gabriellechipier.com uh, forward slash secret weapon. And you can sign up to pre-order the book right now or get a free audiobook version and you can dive in. So if you're a Amazing. freelancer or graphic or web designer or a service provider of any sort, someone who trades their time for money, then it's a perfect book for you. I can't wait to get my hands on it. I love that you created an audio as well. Yeah. So actually it's me on the audio. <laughs> and where did you record it? Did you go into a studio to record it? No, just right here in my office. Right. This is, you know, it's so interesting. When I wrote my book, I think I recorded a couple chapters of audio that I don't even know if it's up on my website. Um, and I remember how challenging it was reading my own book. It was, yeah, it was definitely a bit hard. <laughs> like I was like, oh, wait a minute. Pa you know, it's like wanting to move. You, you really have to stay out of your head when you're reading your own book. Mm -hmm. Because I still found errors. Yeah. Well, and you know, and you know me, I would have edited it forever. But this time I just hired an editor. I yeah. said, I can write it and I can do a, a few little edits here and there, but I need someone else to just take it from me and own that part and give it back to me so that I can just trust them completely and go from there. And that was a big, big part of the book being uh, completed to the point where I was like, okay, it's done. <laughs> and I think that that, you know, what a lot of people don't understand about writing a book is you have to figure out what it is you need to support yourself to go from point A to point B. Mm -hmm. Right. Like my book was based on, you know, course transcripts. And then I hired somebody to put it all together. And then we, you know, co-edited it and wrote it. You can't tell where his writing stops and mine starts, but man, there came a point in time where he was like, Lisa, stop writing. <laughs> fine, fine. Right. Because there's this whole, I want to put it all in there. And the truth is there, I mean, as you'll find with your book as well. You love it. And then six months later, you're like, oh, I would totally talk about this or I need to add this or I don't feel the same way about this anymore. Mm -hmm. So as soon as the book comes out, we're still evolving and that's okay. And this is why writing a book, I think is one of the best ways to like kill perfectionism. Because well, it's almost you like it's a perfect little snapshot of a key moment. And 100%. then, you know, past that, there's going to be more snapshots down the road, but yeah, it's definitely going to change. Well, it's amazing. I'm super proud of you. I love hearing where you're at. I love all the changes you've made to your business and your personal life. And I know you're just thriving in all areas. So thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story with 
uh, my listeners, I'm sure that they will enjoy it and resonate with it and hear themselves in it, which is really what this podcast is about is to let other people know that it's okay to be human and you can be a high achiever and you can want to do amazing things and have an impact in the world and half the time not even really know what that's totally going to look like. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's okay to do this inside work and put down the doing because that will actually create a greater impact. And I'm just on a mission to help women get more out of their heads and into their hearts because, you know, we can't change the world if we're all up in our head trash. No, absolutely not. Bottom line, right? And I just think that there's so much opportunity for women now more than ever, but we got to get out over ourselves, ladies, and we have to make sure that we are mattering most in our lives and that we are at the top of our list of priorities. So I love hearing that you are still there and will always be there now because once you know, you can't go back. No, yeah, there's no going back. <laughs> Is there any final thought that you would like to leave my listeners with? Um, you know, the biggest thing that made the difference for me was even when we were doing all this work, I remember I resisted it forever and ever and ever. And then I just sat down and I realized that everything that you were telling me and everything that we were working on, it, part of me already knew it. And it was almost like rediscovering that. And even in my book, I talk about becoming your client's secret weapon. And the biggest shift you can possibly do is realizing that you're already that secret weapon and you just have to change a few little things, tweak a few little things to have everything else in your life line up with that. Mm, I love that. I got goosebumps. It really is a process of just coming home. You're right. It's just a remembering. And there were so many things that came up for you that you were like, oh my gosh, right? Like, this was a part of me before I remember it. How did I forget this? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it was really, it was such an honor. It was such an honor and a pleasure to be part of your secret weapon for a while. Yeah. Right. I've always called myself that. I'm like the secret weapon. I'm like the, uh, <laughs> I was going to use the wrong word there, but I love watching my clients be on stage, but having that backstage pass. Mm. to what, to, you know, to what goes on behind the scenes and to be able to celebrate them. So I'm really just so thrilled for you with where you are now and wish you nothing but more success and more impact. Oh, thanks so much. And thank you so much for having me. It was just fantastic having this conversation. It was awesome. It was awesome. The listeners are going to love it. So thanks, Gabby. No problem. Can just 60 minutes transform your life? It seems rather remarkable that you could sit down with me for an hour and experience such a radical shift in perspective, your life won't quite be the same again, but in the best way possible. The fact that you're listening to the podcast means you're probably like most of my clients, you're smart, ambitious, and juggling a million responsibilities. You may or may not have already realized that you should be making yourself a priority, but let's be honest, you aren't. Instead, you're swirling about in your monkey mind, trying to multitask the pieces of your life while waiting for everyone else to get their shit together so you can feel better, slow down and relax. Am I right or am I right? In fact, you probably already know what you should be doing. Whether it's to get healthy, take better care of yourself, grow your business, make more money, be a better mom, wife, friend, you know what you should do. In fact, you're 
buried in shoulds and you're frustrated because if you're like most of my high achieving clients, you actually believe you should be able to make it all happen. You've noticed you're great at taking action, but seem to lack the willpower to stay the course. You've also noticed that when times get tough or circumstances get difficult, you default into poor habits and taking care of yourself becomes an afterthought. You've tried the strategies, diets, plans, programs, courses, read all the self-help books and have worked so damn hard. So why aren't you there yet? Imagine being healthy, wealthy, rested, fulfilled, stress-free, and loving your life, business, and body. I want you to know that it is possible to slow down, find more ease in your life, take better care of your health, and still be a high-achieving, ambitious go-getter. But this shift doesn't have to be a struggle, and it doesn't mean sacrificing your family, business, or other priorities. It just requires that you matter more to yourself. Sooner or later, most people realize they need support to change. And the sooner you get support, the quicker you'll be rewarded with amazing results. If you've been tuning into the Full Frontal Living podcast regularly, you must be resonating with what I'm sharing. You may have been kicking around the idea of working with me for a little while now. Maybe you've even started to fill out the application more than once. Choosing to work with me is choosing to invest in yourself and transform your life. But no more excuses, no more putting it off, no more compromising. But if you're feeling resistance, I'm curious to know just how much more exhaustion, poor health, struggle, and lackluster results you are willing to endure. If you are ready for a master coach who will lovingly call you on your bullshit and challenge you to step into radical self-love, emotional resiliency, and self-worth, let's get started. Before you do anything else, head over to lisacarpenter.ca forward slash WWM. Fill out the application, complete it, and book your 60-minute session with me. And let's transform where you are now and get you to where you want to be.